Now that we're talking about time deadlines, let's take a minute to learn how to tell time in Spanish. It's not difficult. You use ser. Es, son, or era, eran. Here's how. If you want to say it is one o'clock, you say es la una. All the other numbers are plural, so you use son or eran. So how would you say it is two o'clock? Yes, son las dos. If cinco, C-I-N-C-O, is five, what about it was five o'clock when I saw it? Eran las cinco cuando lo vi. Eran las cinco cuando lo vi. Now, if you want to say it is 4.15, you use a helpful little word, cuarto, which means literally one-fourth or a quarter. Cuarto. 4.15 is the four and quarter, which is las cuatro y cuarto. Watch that pronunciación. So, it is 4.15 becomes son las cuatro y cuarto. And if media means half, as in half an hour, how would you say it is 5.30? In Spanish, this is, they are five and half. So once again, it is 5.30 would be? Good for you. Son las cinco y media. And using para, how would you say, we have to return by 6.30? Tenemos que volver para las seis y media. Yes. Tenemos que volver para las seis y media. And if you want to say, it was 6.45, you say, eran las siete menos cuarto. Seven minus a quarter. Literally, there were seven minus quarter. But 6.20 in the morning is literally six and twenty. Or las seis y veinte de la mañana. For 6.50, Spanish speakers tend to say las siete menos diez, seven minus ten. Let's practice some of these time expressions. How would you say, it was 6.15 in the morning when Carlos arrived? Eran las seis y cuarto de la mañana cuando llegó Carlos. Yes. Eran las seis y cuarto de la mañana cuando llegó Carlos. What about, it was 10.15 in the evening when Carlos arrived? Eran las diez y cuarto de la noche cuando llegó Carlos. Can you please say it for me once more? Eran las diez y cuarto de la noche cuando llegó Carlos. Yes. And if you want to know what time it is, just ask... ¿Qué hora es? You'll be able to understand the answer now. Okay, time's a-wasting, so let's return to those paras. In Spanish, if you want to say compared with, with respect to, considering, you use para. Consider this example. For an eight-year-old, she is very mature, which in Spanish is para una chica de ocho años, es muy madura. So if tall is alto, A-L-T-O, how would you say, for an eight-year-old, he is very tall?
Para un chico de ocho años es muy alto. Yes. Para un chico de ocho años es muy alto. Now, whenever you want to describe what an object is used for, use para. For example, if the Spanish word for clothes, clothing, is ropa, spelled R-O-P-A, and the word for children is niños, how would you say, do you sell children's clothes here? ¿Vende ropa para niños aquí? Yes. ¿Vende ropa para niños aquí? And if you see a sign that says, Se vende ropa para niños aquí, this means children's clothing is sold here. You will see this se, se vende, se habla a lot. For example, se habla español. Spanish is spoken here. Now, as you know, whenever you are directed toward a goal, use para. So if the Spanish word for engineer is ingeniero, spelled I-N-G-E-N-I-E-R-O, how would you say, I'm studying to be an engineer? Estudio para ser ingeniero. Yes, estudio para ser ingeniero. You can also simply say, estudio para ingeniero. Keeping this in mind, if a doctor is un médico, how would you say, I'm studying to be a doctor? Good for you. Estudio para médico. What do you think the Spanish word is for medicine? La medicina. Yes, la medicina. So how would you say, for a doctor, he knows little medicine? Para médico sabe poca medicina. Right. Para médico sabe poca medicina. You must be agreeable here. It's poca medicina. Or you could also say poco sobre medicina. A little about medicine. Okay. Now what about in order to become a doctor, it is important to study a lot. Para ser médico, es importante estudiar mucho. Yes. Para ser médico, es importante estudiar mucho. Now let's take a look at that other little Spanish word, por. Whenever you're talking about an exchange of any type, use por. So how would you say, can you give me euros for dollars? ¿Puede darme euros por dólares? Yes. ¿Puede darme euros por dólares? And whenever you would use the English per, as in five miles per hour, Use por. So if cuarenta is forty, and miles are las millas in Spanish, spelled M-I-L-L-A-S, how would you say forty miles per hour? Cuarenta millas por hora. Yes, cuarenta millas por hora. And if the Spanish for kilometers is kilómetros, spelled K-I-L-O, accent, M-E-T-R-O-S, kilómetros, how would you say 45 kilometers per hour? In Spanish, this is 40 and 5. So once again, 45 kilometers per hour would be? 
45 kilómetros por hora. Yes, 45 kilómetros por hora. Other numbers are in the user guide, so if you want to practice using por, as in miles per hour, just pick another number, like 15 or 15, and create a phrase, like, my dog can run 15 miles per hour, or, mi perro puede correr 15 millas por hora. You have all the building blocks you need, so give it a go. Okay, back to our little friend Poor. Whenever you pass through or along a park or a street, through whatever kind of physical space, you must use Poor. So if a park is un parque, spelled P-A-R-Q-U-E in Spanish, and to run is correr, C-O-R-R-E-R, how would you say, he runs through the park? Corre por el parque. Yes, corre por el parque. And what about, let's head for the park. In this case, you are going to or toward a destination and must use para. So once again, how would you say, let's head for the park? Vamos para el parque. Vamos para el parque, a destination. Now, whenever you want to express a duration of time, use por, as in por ahora, which means for now. So how would you say, for now, I want to study? Por ahora, quiero estudiar. Good. Por ahora, quiero estudiar. Por is also used to express because of. If in Spanish the very common expression because of this is por eso, how would you say, because of this, I could not come yesterday afternoon? Watch out for poder. Remember, he's a really bad guy in the dot tense. Poder goes to pude, pudo, pudiste, pudimos, pudistes, and pudieron. So if ayer por la tarde is yesterday afternoon, how would you say, once again, because of this, I could not come yesterday afternoon? Por eso no pude venir ayer por la tarde. Yes, two pores for the price of one. Por eso no pude venir ayer por la tarde. As you know, ayer, A-Y-E-R, means yesterday. So how would you say, Yesterday morning. Ayer por la mañana. Yes, ayer por la mañana. And last night would be? Right, ayer por la noche. Good for you. Lots of other everyday expressions use por, such as for heaven's sake, or literally por Dios, which is not considered at all blasphemous in Spanish. Okay, can you guess how to say, for example, in Spanish? Por ejemplo. Yes, por ejemplo, with a J, not an X. Apparently is por lo visto, and por fin is at last. So how would you say, apparently, por lo visto, and at last, Por fin, we can use para and por in Spanish. 
Let's break it down. First, apparently and at last. Por lo visto y por fin. Yes, por lo visto y por fin. We can use para and por in Spanish. Podemos usar para y por en español. Podemos usar para y por en español. So once again, with real feeling, apparently, and at last, we can use para and por in Spanish. Por lo visto y por fin, podemos usar para y por en español. Yes, por lo visto y por fin, podemos usar para y por en español. No need to practice por favor or por qué, but there is one more use of por that is very common. Use por when you're talking about something being done by a person or an agent, as in, the book was written by my friend. So how would you say, the book was written by my friend? El libro fue escrito por mi amigo. Good. El libro fue escrito por mi amigo. But how would you say, my brother wrote the book? Mi hermano escribió el libro. Yes. Mi hermano escribió el libro, a dot. Now, if you want to express doing something on behalf of someone else, you also use por. For example, if padre is father, how would you say, my father did it for me? Mi padre lo hizo por mí. Yes, mi padre lo hizo por mí. My father did it for me, on my behalf. You can also use por when you want to express going out to fetch something or someone. So how would you say, I'm going for Roberta? Voy por Roberta. Yes, voy por Roberta. And if perder is to lose, and keys are las llaves, diving into the past, how would you say, I'm going for Roberta because she has lost her keys? Voy por Roberta porque ha perdido sus llaves. Yes. Voy por Roberta porque ha perdido sus llaves. Now here's a good one. How would you say, let's head for the beach. I don't want to walk through the park today. Let's break it down. First, let's head for the beach. In this case, head for means to set out for, to go to or towards. So once again, let's head for the beach would be Vamos para la playa. Vamos para la playa. I don't want to walk through the park today. Let's use caminar, C-A-M-I-N-A-R, as another word for to walk. Caminar. So once again, I don't want to walk through the park today. No quiero caminar por el parque hoy. Yes. No quiero caminar por el parque hoy. So once more, let's head for the beach. I don't want to walk through the park today. Good. Vamos para la playa. No quiero caminar por el parque hoy. As you can see, it's very important to think things through before using para 
or por. Let's take a look at how your choice of para or por can change the meaning of what it is you want to convey. Now, as you know, the gift is el regalo, R-E-G-A-L-O. So how would you say, I bought the gift for Roberta? In other words, I'm going to give it to her. It is destined for her. Once again, I bought the gift for Roberta. Compré el regalo para Roberta. Yes. Compré el regalo para Roberta. You use para when you're referring to a goal or destination. In this case, the gift is for a person, the destination. And what about, I bought the gift for Roberta, conveying the sense that Roberta was very busy, so I did it on her behalf. Once again, I bought the gift for Roberta. Compré el regalo por Roberta. Yes, compré el regalo por Roberta. So to repeat, because your choice of para or por changes the meaning of what you're saying, use these with care, or else you will not be understood. Lo and behold, we've almost completed our review of para and por. And speaking of lo, our little friend por likes to join up with his friend lo, L-O, in many everyday expressions in Spanish. I like using these, and I think you will, too. Let's try some. If the Spanish for the word therefore is por lo tanto, as you may already know, how would you say, I am hungry, therefore I want to eat right now? Tengo hambre, por lo tanto, quiero comer ahora mismo. Yes, tengo hambre. Por lo tanto, quiero comer ahora mismo. And as you know, por lo visto means apparently. So how would you say, apparently Roberta is working a lot? Por lo visto, Roberta trabaja mucho. Yes, por lo visto, Roberta trabaja mucho. Now, in addition to these expressions, you can also use lo when you want to say the best thing or the worst thing, or the stupid thing. So the best thing about this becomes lo mejor de esto. Can you guess how to say the good thing? Lo bueno. Yes, lo bueno. So how would you say the good thing is that we can use this expression in Spanish? Lo bueno es que podemos usar esta expresión en español. Yes. Lo bueno es que podemos usar esta expresión en español. And how would you say, the bad thing is that we cannot eat it now? Lo malo es que no podemos comerlo ahora. Yes. Lo malo es que no podemos comerlo ahora. Now, if útil means useful, how would you say the useful thing? Good for you. Lo útil. And if hecho means done, how would you say that which is done, the done thing? Lo hecho. Yes, lo hecho. You can use lo with lots of words to express abstract ideas like the good thing, lo bueno. The bad thing, lo malo. 
What is mine? Lo mío. What is yours? Lo suyo. And so on. So how would you say the necessary thing? Right. Lo necesario. Now here's a good one. If solo means only, how would you say the important thing is to learn only what is necessary? Lo importante es aprender solo lo necesario. Yes. Lo importante es aprender solo lo necesario. Now, if terminar means to complete or to finish, and lesson is la lección, spelled L-E-C-C-I-O accent N, how would you say the good thing is to complete this lesson? Lo bueno es terminar esta lección. Right. Lo bueno es terminar esta lección. And if lo mío is what is mine, and lo suyo, S-U-Y-O, is what is yours, how would you say, what is mine is mine, and what's yours is yours? Lo mío es mío, y lo suyo es suyo. Yes, lo mío es mío, y lo suyo es suyo. That's such a grown-up example, isn't it? Feel free to create more of these on your own. Now let's review some basic guidelines for using ser or estar, the two Spanish words for to be. As Michelle Thomas explained, ser tells you who or what something is, while estar tells you where or how it is. Ser deals with permanent characteristics like soy una mujer, I'm a woman, while estar deals with changeable conditions like estoy cansada hoy, I am tired today. And since Sarah is the most regular guy, it would be a good idea to review your Michelle Thomas Spanish courses if you feel unsure about how to form its endings. Okay, Sarah is used to identify places, things, or people. It is the essence of being. In fact, a human being in Spanish is un ser humano. So if the English word or is o in Spanish, and as you know, eso is that. How would you say to be or not to be? That is the question. Ser o no ser. Esa es la cuestión. Very special, that one. Ser o no ser. Esa es la cuestión. One more little item here. There is another word for that in Spanish, which is aquel or aquella, spelled A-Q-U-E-L and A-Q-U-E-L-L-A. We use these when we're referring to something that is not near but is somewhat more remote from us or the person we're talking to. So if we're talking about books, for example, that are not close at hand, I don't want this one, I want that one, becomes no quiero este, quiero aquel. But let's get back to using ser. How would you say La Paz is a city in Bolivia? La Paz es una ciudad en Bolivia. Yes, La Paz es una ciudad en Bolivia. Paz means peace in Spanish. 
and because a city is a rather permanent thing, we must use ser. Okay, if el país, spelled P-A-I accent S, means country, and el mundo, M-U-N-D-O, is the world, how would you say, my country is very important in the world? Mi país es muy importante en el mundo. Yes, mi país es muy importante en el mundo. If you wanted to say, in today's world, just say, en el mundo de hoy. Now, when you want to express any enduring quality, material, type of character, size, color, etc., use ser. So, if tall is alto and age is edad, E-D-A-D, how would you say, she is very tall for her age? Es muy alta para su edad. Yes, es muy alta para su edad. Were you agreeable? Did you use para? If you did extra points all around. Now, when you want to express possession, like Carla's book or Roberta's car, you say el libro de Carla or el coche de Roberta. So how would you say, it's Carla's book? Es el libro de Carla. Es el libro de Carla. Okay. Now you can always use ser to ask about where someone or something is from, about its origin. So how would you say, where are you from, señor? ¿De dónde es usted, señor? Yes. ¿De dónde es usted, señor? And what about, where were they from? ¿De dónde eran? Yes, ¿de dónde eran? As we've learned, ser is always used in time expressions. Really is de veras in Spanish. Really? De veras? If I tell you that Juan came to the party at 2 a.m., Juan llegó a la fiesta a las 2 de la mañana, how would you say, really? Good. ¿De veras? Es increíble llegar a una fiesta a las dos de la mañana. It's incredible to arrive at a party at two in the morning. Let's try some more ser or estar examples. If green is verde, V-E-R-D-E, how would you say, the car is green? Right, el coche es verde. But if your car does not happen to be green, you will find other colors listed in the user guide. Okay. Now, if dirty is sucio, spelled S-U-C-I-O, how would you say, the car is green, but it is very dirty now? El coche es verde, pero está muy sucio ahora. Yes, el coche es verde. It's always green. But está muy sucio ahora means it's very dirty at this time. Ser is also used in impersonal expressions like it is necessary. So how would you say it is necessary that you come here today? Es necesario que venga aquí hoy. Yes, es necesario que venga aquí hoy. You change tracks because the expression es necesario que 
always triggers the command tense. And you use ser when describing someone's job, origin, or nationality. So how would you say, Marta is American? Marta es americana. Right. Marta es americana. You must be agreeable. But you do not need to use un or una here. Simply, es americana. This is also true when you're speaking about professions, as you know. So how would you say, my father is an engineer? Mi padre es ingeniero. Yes, mi padre es ingeniero. No need to say un ingeniero. Time to move on to estar, that other Spanish verb that means to be. Estar is used to describe a temporary condition, like a state of health. If malo means ill, and you must be agreeable here, how would you say, they are ill and cannot visit us? Están malos y no pueden visitarnos. Yes, están malos y no pueden visitarnos. You can also use enfermos for ill. As Michelle Thomas taught you, you always use a star when you want to convey, right at this moment, one is in the process of doing something. For example, estoy leyendo. I am, right now, in the process of reading. So if to cook is cocinar, spelled C-O-C-I-N-A-R, how would you say, I'm cooking now. I'm in the process right now of cooking. Estoy cocinando ahora. Yes, estoy cocinando ahora. Okay. You already know how to use these, so let's move on. Estar is also used to express location. So how would you say, Buenos Aires is a city and it is in Argentina? Buenos Aires es una ciudad y está en Argentina. Yes, Buenos Aires es una ciudad y está en Argentina. Now, if someone is clever, that person is listo, L-I-S-T-O. You also use listo for the English ready. So if lunch is almuerzo, A-L-M-U-E-R-Z-O, almuerzo, how would you say, lunch is ready? El almuerzo está listo. Right. El almuerzo está listo. You use a está because lunch is not always ready. Now what about, my brother is very clever. He always arrives when lunch is ready. Let's break it down. First, my brother is very clever would be... Mi hermano es muy listo. Yes. Mi hermano es muy listo. You use ser here because being clever is a rather permanent characteristic. But what about, he always arrives when lunch is ready? Siempre llega cuando el almuerzo está listo. So true. Siempre llega cuando el almuerzo está listo. Once again, my brother is very clever. He always arrives when lunch is ready. Mi hermano es muy listo. Siempre llega cuando el almuerzo está listo. Yes. Mi hermano es muy listo. Siempre llega cuando el almuerzo está listo. 
And if abierto or abierta means open, how would you say the door is open? La puerta está abierta. It is not always open, so you use a star. And because Spanish is agreeable, how would you say, The restaurants are open now. Los restaurantes están abiertos ahora. Yes, los restaurantes están abiertos ahora. We must be agreeable and use abiertos for restaurants. Okay. Now, if atacar is to attack, atacado is attacked, and mi abuelo, A-B-U-E-L-O, is my grandfather. Using fue, the dot past of ser, how would you say, my grandfather was attacked by a dog? Mi abuelo fue atacado por un perro. Yes, mi abuelo fue atacado por un perro. Using a dot. Fue, from that bad guy, Sayer. And if your grandmother was attacked, how would you say, my grandmother was attacked by a dog? Mi abuela fue atacada por un perro. Yes, again. Mi abuela fue atacada por un perro. Note the use of por, por un perro, since that dog was the agent of that attack. For more vocabulario to help you talk about your family and family members, consult your user guide. Let's conclude our review of Ser and Estar by looking at some examples of how you can use either one, depending on the meaning you wish to convey. For example, if you want to say, he is sick, you would generally say, está malo, or está enfermo. But if you say, es malo, You're telling me that he's a bad person. Es enfermo tells me that he's always sick. He's an invalid. Okay, now if guapo, G-U-A-P-O, means handsome, how would you say, Roberto is handsome? Right, Roberto es guapo. And since it is not likely that Roberto will become ugly in the near future, We use ser. By the way, ugly is feo, F-E-O in Spanish. But how would you say, Roberto is handsome today, in the sense that he's looking particularly good today? Once again, Roberto is handsome today would be... Roberto está guapo hoy. Yes, Roberto está guapo hoy. I think you've got it. Let's clean up a few more bits and pieces before we say adios. Those of us of a certain generación grew up listening to songs like I Can't Get No Satisfaction. Brings to mind those double negatives that Spanish loves so well. Let's take another quick look at these. If algo means something, what is nothing in Spanish? Right, nada. And if alguien is somebody, nadie, N-A-D-I-E, is the negative, nobody. So how would you say, I didn't see anyone here this morning? There's a person involved here, so you need that personal ah. So once again, I didn't see anyone here this morning. 
No vi a nadie aquí esta mañana. Yes, no vi a nadie aquí esta mañana. Now, if algún or alguno means some, how would you say, someday my prince will come? In Spanish, the word order is, someday will come my prince. So once again, using the Spanish word order, how would you say, someday my prince will come? Algún día vendrá mi príncipe. How romantic. Algún día vendrá mi príncipe. Did you guess the word príncipe or something close to it? Good for you. Now, if nunca is never and omitir is to omit, how would you say, in Spanish, one never omits a negative? Be sure to use say with omitir for that impersonal one. So once again, in Spanish, one never omits a negative. En español, nunca se omite ningún negativo. Nasty negatives all the way. En español, nunca se omite ningún negativo. That was a tough one, but I bet you guessed that nice transformación, negativo. Okay, how would you say, I don't know anyone in Barcelona? No conozco a nadie en Barcelona. Roberto? No conozco a nadie en Barcelona. Good. Two ways of pronouncing the same answer. No conozco a nadie en Barcelona. Now, if you want to say, I wanted to go also, you use también for also, spelled T-A-M-B-I-E, accent N. So how would you say, I wanted to go also? Of course, quería ir también, a line for that state of mind in the past. Now, the negative or opposite of también is tampoco, which means neither in Spanish. The expression neither do I is yo tampoco. So if someone says, no conozco a nadie en Barcelona, how would you say, neither do I? Yo tampoco. Yes, yo tampoco. So if someone says that they don't have a special friend, how would you say, me neither? Yes, yo tampoco. A handy little expresión, this one. By the way, another word for never is jamás, spelled J-A-M-A accent S, jamás. So if you say, I never eat ice cream and I'll never eat it, You can say, nunca como helado y jamás lo comeré. Two other negative expressions may come in handy. If you want to say, by no means in Spanish, you say, de ningún modo, literally, of no way. You can also say, de ninguna manera, which literally means the same thing, in no way or manner. It's your choice. So if I say to you, Did you ski down the advanced slope? How would you reply, no way? De ningún modo. De ninguna manera. Right. De ningún modo. De ninguna manera. Now, if you want to say neither nor, you use ni, ni, n-i, n-i, 
For example, if I want to say neither you nor Roberta are coming to the party, I would say ni usted ni Roberta vienen a la fiesta. So how would you say neither geography nor history can help you understand it? Let's break it down. First, as the Spanish would say, neither the geography or the history would be ni la geografía ni la historia. Right. Ni la geografía ni la historia can help you understand it. Pueden ayudarle a entenderlo. Yes. Pueden ayudarle a entenderlo. Ayudar a is a dynamic duo in Spanish. So once again, what's the Spanish for? Neither geography nor history can help you understand it. Ni la geografía ni la historia pueden ayudarle a entenderlo. Right. Ni la geografía ni la historia pueden ayudarle a entenderlo. You could also use comprender and say, ni la geografía ni la historia pueden ayudarle a comprenderlo. And on a positive note, to say either or in Spanish, you just use o, o. So how would you say, either my father or my brother can do it? O mi padre o mi hermano puede hacerlo. Yes. O mi padre o mi hermano puede hacerlo. Since it is an either-or situation, use puede, the singular, just as we do in English. Learning how to make comparisons is really rather easy in Spanish. Here's how. If you want to say that someone is more intelligent than someone else, you say, Es más inteligente que. Less intelligent would be, Menos inteligente que. And if the most intelligent is el más inteligente, how would you say the least intelligent? El menos inteligente. Yes, el menos inteligente. Now, if mejor, M-E-J-O-R, is better, and peor, P-E-O-R, is worse, how would you say This book is better than that one. Este libro es mejor que ese. Good. Este libro es mejor que ese. You could also use aquel if that other book is not close at hand. And how would you say, using el suyo, my work is worse than yours? Mi trabajo es peor que el suyo. Mi trabajo es peor que el suyo. And if pequeño, spelled P-E-Q-U-E-N-O, means small, as you already know, how would you say, my car is smaller than yours? Mi coche es más pequeño que el suyo. Right. Mi coche es más pequeño que el suyo. And if you want to say the best, you use el mejor, as in the best of all worlds, or el mejor de todos los mundos. So how would you say, your car is the best? Su coche es el mejor. Yes, 
Su coche es el mejor. And what about, your dog is the worst? Su perro es el peor. Yes, su perro es el peor. Remember that famous quote, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. In Spanish, it would be, era la mejor de las épocas. Era la peor de las épocas. But back to more mundane phrases. If short, as in stature, is bajo, B-A-J-O, how would you say the shortest? El más bajo. Good. El más bajo. And how would you say the smallest? Good for you. El más pequeño. And how would you say, Roberta is more prepared than I? Roberta está más preparada que yo. Yes. Roberta está más preparada que yo. You're describing a changeable situation rather than a permanent characteristic. She's more prepared at this moment. And if pretty is bonito or bonita, how would you say, Roberta is prettier than you? Roberta es más bonita que usted. Good. Roberta es más bonita que usted. Use menos que for less than. So how would you say, he has less money than I? Tiene menos dinero que yo. Yes. Tiene menos dinero que yo. One final note here. If we want to refer to age, as in my older brother, we use mi hermano mayor, spelled M-A-Y-O-R. My younger brother would be mi hermano menor, M-E-N-O-R. But if you're comparing physical size, use más grande or más pequeño. Do you think that opposites attract? I find them useful when learning vocabulario. Let's pair some up and practice them. We know bueno is good and malo is bad. And if fácil is easy, what is difficult? Of course, you already know this one, difícil. The word for big is grande in Spanish. What is small? Right. Pequeño or pequeña. Pequeños or pequeñas. Be agreeable. And be careful about word order. In Spanish, when you want to say that a man is physically large, you say, es un hombre grande. But if you want to say, he is a great man, as in the father of his country, you say, es un gran hombre. But just keep placing those descriptive words after the person or thing, as Michelle Thomas taught us, or else you may be changing what it is you wish to say. Okay, in Spanish, an entrance is una entrada, E-N-T-R-A-D-A, and an exit is una salida, S-A-L-I-D-A. So how would you say, the theater has five entrances and only one exit? 
El teatro tiene cinco entradas, pero solo una salida. Right, but what a dangerous place. El teatro tiene cinco entradas, pero solo una salida. Here are some more opposites you already know. If cousin is primo or prima, how would you say, my cousin Juan is old, he is not young? Mi primo Juan es viejo, no es joven. Yes, mi primo Juan es viejo, no es joven. Now, if my parents is mis padres in Spanish, how would you say, my parents are tall, not short? Mis padres son altos, no bajos. Good. Mis padres son altos, no bajos. You already know opposites like nuevo and viejo, rico and pobre, grande and pequeño, más and menos, so we won't review these here. The user guide also contains some more for your use as you build your Spanish vocabulario on your own. Okay, let's practice a few more opposites here. If próximo means next and último means last, How would you say, I was the last? Era la última. Yes, era la última if you are female, era el último if you are male. And if la próxima vez is the next time, how would you say, next time I will arrive early? La próxima vez llegaré temprano. La próxima vez llegaré temprano. And if long is largo and short is corto, when referring to a length of time, how would you say, I hope it is a short meeting, not a long one. Watch out. You're hoping or wishing for something here. So once again, I hope it is a short meeting, not a long one. Espero que sea una reunión corta. No larga. Right. Espero que sea una reunión corta. No larga. Please think things through. Take your time and be agreeable. If slow is lento and fast is rápido, how would you say, This train is fast. Train is el tren in Spanish. Once again, this train is fast. Este tren es rápido. Este tren es rápido. That's better than being a slow train or un tren lento. Now, when something is clear, it is claro. And when it is dark, it is oscuro, literally obscure. So, being agreeable, how would you say the night was very dark? La noche era muy oscura. Yes, la noche era muy oscura, a line in the past. We already know that our green car was dirty, or sucio. Well, the Spanish for clean is limpio, related to limpiar, which, as you know, means to clean. So how would you say, my house is clean, but my car is dirty? Mi casa está limpia, pero mi coche está sucio. Right. Mi casa está limpia, pero mi coche está sucio. Now, someone who is timid, 
would be what in Spanish? Good, timido. And if you're brave, you're valiant, or valiente. So how would you say, my brother is timid, but my sister is brave? Mi hermano es tímido, pero mi hermana es valiente. Very good. Mi hermano es tímido, pero mi hermana es valiente. And if pesado is heavy, how would you say referring to a chair or silla, S-I-L-L-A, it's not heavy? No es pesada. Right. No es pesada, the agreeable Spanish way. Pesada for sidia, feminine. And by the way, the Spanish word for light, as opposed to heavy, is ligero, L-I-G-E-R-O. One more example here. In Spanish, you know that caro means expensive. Well, the word for cheap is barato, B-A-R-A-T-O. So how would you say, I want to buy a cheap car? Good. Quiero comprar un coche barato. Watch that word order. Here's another good pair. In Spanish, the word for sweet is dulce, spelled D-U-L-C-E. Something bitter is amargo, A-M-A-R-G-O. So if to prefer is preferir, how would you say, I would prefer to eat something sweet, not bitter? Preferiría comer algo dulce, no amargo. Yes, preferiría comer algo dulce, no amargo. Most of us do. Be sure to pronounce those endings clearly if you want to get that ball over the net and be understood. And talking about sweet, I've saved something really sweet for you here. You can form literally hundreds of Spanish opposites just like we do in English, by putting I-N or D-E-S up front. We've already been doing this, but let me add just a few more arrows to your Spanish quiver. If agradable is agreeable, using D-E-S, how would you say disagreeable? Of course, desagradable. Now using I-N up front, if feliz is happy, how would you say, unhappy? But of course, infeliz. And if capable is capaz, or C-A-P-A-Z, incapable would be? Right, incapaz. If comfortable is cómodo, spelled C-O accent, M-O-D-O, but also uses I-N up front, how would you say, my car is very uncomfortable? Mi coche es muy incómodo. Yes, mi coche es muy incómodo. We've already worked with creíble and increíble, and with aceptable, which goes to inaceptable. The user guide lists some more examples you can use in original sentences. But here's another. If fiel, F-I-E-L, is faithful, how would you say unfaithful? 
Good for you. Infiel. And what about unjust? Of course, injusto. So how would you say, it is not significant, it is unnecessary? Es insignificante, es innecesario. Right. Es insignificante, es innecesario. You could also have said, no es necesario, or no es significante. However, it's good to learn how to recognize these little tags that convert words to their opposites. Strangely enough, sometimes these opposites have a positive rather than negative connotation. For example, if something is doubtful in Spanish, it's dudable. What would certain be? Something certain, using this handy trick. Indudable. Yes, indudable, rather a positive descriptor. And if expected is esperado, from esperar, how would you say the result was certain? It was never unexpected. El resultado fue indudable. Nunca era inesperado. Yes, el resultado fue indudable. Nunca era inesperado. Use that tag IN to form indudable, inesperado. Okay, if something forgettable is olvidable from olvidar, how would you say this movie is unforgettable? Esta película es inolvidable. Yes, esta película es inolvidable. I hope these examples will also be inolvidables and that you will find them very useful. Okay, let's learn a few more everyday expressions, some more bits and pieces before we complete this Spanish vocabulary course. Another way to say, without a doubt, is to use the expression sin duda. So diving into the past, how would you say, without a doubt, we have learned a lot? Sin duda, hemos aprendido mucho. Yes, sin duda, hemos aprendido mucho. And we'll learn a lot more, okay? In any language, we need to describe where something or someone is. It's next to or under, or alongside, or in front of. So if cada una de means each one of, and useful is útil, how would you say each one of these expressions will be very useful? Cada una de estas expresiones será muy útil. Good. Cada una de estas expresiones será muy útil. Cada una, or each one, is singular, like its English counterpart. And if let's see, the expression let's see, is a ver, how would you say, let's see if this is possible? A ver si esto es posible. Yes, a ver si esto es posible. And if you want to say something is inside or within, use dentro de. So if the Spanish word for cupboard or closet is armario, spelled A-R-M-A-R-I-O, how would you say, I put it inside the closet yesterday? Watch out here. 
It is literally inside of the in Spanish. So once again, I put it inside the closet yesterday. Lo puse dentro del armario ayer. Lo puse dentro del armario ayer. Did you use that contraction, del? Good for you if you did. Okay. Now, poner is a monster in the dot tense, so please feel free to review your Michelle Thomas courses to keep these irregular fellows in line with their endings like puse or tuve or estuve. Okay. In Spanish, the expression for near or close to is cerca de. Far from is lejos de. So how would you say, he used to live near Valencia, but now he lives very far from Valencia. Vivía cerca de Valencia, pero ahora vive muy lejos de Valencia. Yes, vivía cerca de Valencia, pero ahora vive muy lejos de Valencia. Now, if siempre, S-I-E-M-P-R-E, means always, detrás de, spelled D-E-T-R-A-S, with an accent means behind, and esconderse means to hide oneself, how would you say, the dog always hides behind the cupboard or closet? Literally, the dog always hides himself behind the cupboard. El perro siempre se esconde detrás del armario. Right. El perro siempre se esconde detrás del armario. What about the dog always hides inside the closet? El perro siempre se esconde dentro del armario. Yes. El perro siempre se esconde dentro del armario. We also use dentro de to form time expressions, such as Dentro de poco, or in a little while. So how would you say, we want to eat in a little while? Queremos comer dentro de poco. Queremos comer dentro de poco. You can also be rather specific. For example, you could say, we want to eat within 10 minutes. How would you say, we want to eat within 10 minutes? Queremos comer Dentro de diez minutos. Yes. Queremos comer dentro de diez minutos. Now, if across from or opposite is delante de, and the church is la iglesia, think Julio Iglesias in the singular, how would you say, I'll meet you opposite the church within 20 minutes? By the way, to meet up with someone is encontrar. So how would you say, I'll meet you opposite the church within 20 minutes. Let's break it up. First, I'll meet you would be... Le encontraré. Good. Le encontraré. Opposite the church. Enfrente de la iglesia. Yes. Enfrente de la iglesia. Within 20 minutes. Dentro de 20 minutos. Dentro de 20 minutos. Once again, I'll meet you opposite the church within 20 minutes. Le encontraré enfrente de la iglesia dentro de 20 minutos. Yes, le encontraré enfrente de la iglesia 
dentro de 20 minutos. And how would you say, I will meet you, if you're speaking to a friend? I will meet you. Te encontraré. Yes, te encontraré. Now, if outside is fuera de, how would you say, I will meet you, friend, outside the house, within five minutes? Te encontraré fuera de la casa dentro de cinco minutos. Te encontraré fuera de la casa dentro de cinco minutos. Another way to say in front of is delante de. So how would you say, speaking to señor, I'll meet you in front of the house right now. Le encontraré delante de la casa ahora mismo. Yes. Le encontraré delante de la casa ahora mismo. Here are some more locators for you. In Spanish, on top of or over is encima de, E-N-C-I-M-A, plus de. So how would you say to señor, put it on top of the cupboard? Póngalo encima del armario. Yes. Póngalo encima del armario. It's one of those verbs that goes gaga, as Michelle Thomas explained. And if chair is una silla, S-I-L-L-A, as you know, and underneath or under is debajo de, how would you say to you all, all of you, put it under the chair? Pónganlo debajo de la silla. Yes. Pónganlo debajo de la silla. Now, the Spanish for behind something is detrás de, spelled D-E-T-R-A, accent S, with de. So, how would you say, put it behind the chair? Póngalo detrás de la silla. Yes, póngalo detrás de la silla. Okay, we now know where things are. And it's time to wrap things up with just a few more little expressions. The Spanish for at least is al menos or por lo menos. So using al menos, how would you say, at least we can understand these words now? Al menos podemos entender estas palabras ahora. Yes, al menos podemos entender estas palabras ahora. Or, if you like, por lo menos, podemos entender estas palabras ahora. Glad you can, because you'll need these to locate people, places, and things. Now in Spanish, to say once in a while, use de vez en cuando. So how would you say, once in a while, I practice my Spanish vocabulary? De vez en cuando, practico mi vocabulario español. Yes, de vez en cuando practico mi vocabulario español. Well, I certainly hope that it is more than just once in a while. What about using siempre or always? How would you say, I will always practice my Spanish? Siempre practicaré mi español. Yes, siempre practicaré mi español. I certainly hope so. Learning a language is always una aventura. But you're now more than ready to set off on your own. 
you have all the tools you need. And you can always review your Michelle Thomas courses, as well as this vocabulary course. With these handy new tools and popular expressions, plus others you will learn on your own, your ever-expanding Spanish vocabulario will make your aventura very rewarding indeed. Take at least 10 minutes a day to practice your Spanish. It's better to practice a little often than a lot rarely. And please take whatever opportunities you can to read a Spanish newspaper or magazine, to watch a Spanish television program, and to make Spanish-speaking friends. Spanish speakers will respect you for studying their language, will be happy to practice with you, and may even invite you to visit them in the Andes, in Madrid, or perhaps even right next door. Thanks for having worked so hard, and good luck. Gracias por su atención y buena suerte.